0: Hello everyone, and welcome to Go Global podcast series and the show that dresses the importance of think globally and act locally. I'm your host Ellen Wang from Leeds University Business School. Today, I will be discussing globalization with Natasha, who is one of our alumni graduated from MBA in 2016. Last March, Natasha was invited by the Business School to speak at the International Women's Day event, where I was inspired by her story, her energy, her enthusiasm and her passion. So I've decided to invite her back and learn more about her journey and how globalisation resonates with her. Hi Natasha, what a year it has been, so welcome back and thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you, Ellen. What a lovely, lovely introduction. And thank you for the comments about the energy and enthusiasm. And fortunately, I've not lost those through this uh, pandemic. Thank goodness.
0: Great to hear. Great to hear. I mean, in the introduction, I deliberately didn't say too much about you. So I think a really good place to start today, Natasha, is for you to tell us a little bit about yourself, please.
1: Yeah, good stuff. Well, the first thing to say is that I'm a mum of two beautiful kids. Um, in terms of my career, at the moment I am the Chief Operating Officer and one of the owners at Wizzoo Workspace, which is a flexible workspace provider. But actually before, I'm, I would probably describe myself as a jack of all trades. I've been a lawyer, a banker, and then now an entrepreneur. So I've pretty much given everything <laughs> everything a go. Um, and in terms of uh, you know me, uh, I'm actually just reading a book at the moment called Don't Surround Yourself with Idiots. And it's all about disc profiling and personality profiling. And when I look at some of the words to describe um, myself with that, the way I would describe myself is determined, enthusiastic, and kind. And then the other side of me is very sporty. I I absolutely love sport, and I play football when we're not in lockdown, and martial arts, and um, I've just discovered cricket as well in the last year, which is awesome, before
0: lockdown. (laughs) Oh my goodness, I... I felt like I can't quite keep up with all of the things that you you throw at me just now, but that sounds fantastic. I mean, jack of all trades, is isn't a bad thing at all, especially in, in nowadays, right? It's, it's a very good strength. Um So just to follow up on that, I'm interested to learn a bit more about your journey um, after your MBA at Leeds and how that may have helped you with your career after graduation, please. Yeah, well, I
1: will I promise I will answer that question, but it's probably quite important for me to answer the why I did the MBA in the first place, because I think that's a big driver. It, it will make sense then. So for me, the MBA was a really, really important step in my career. I'd been in industry, I'd been a lawyer and a banker for a number of years, and I was in sort of a senior mid-management position in, in my, my different sort of organisations. Um, I had been through a lot. We went through the recession whilst I was was in those positions. And I can remember in one organization, I'd been in five restructures in five years. So I was beginning to think it was me, not, not, not the economic environment. Wow. Um, what, what I was was tending to find in those situations is we we as an organization, and it wasn't just one, we're, we're doing the same things over and over again and re- almost repeating the same mistakes, um, and also just in terms of how we were dealing with, with our teams, our people, it didn't sit well with me, but I didn't have any of the answers. And what I hadn't done is had a chance to really develop as a person. And so I, I actually got to a point where I was like, I need to stop and I need to personally develop. I don't have answers to some of the challenges and the problems that we're facing. Uh, and I want to learn how to help me develop those those solutions. So I stopped I did a full-time MBA and it was one of the best decisions in my career because it just gave me time to pause and to reflect on, you know, how I behaved, how the organizations have behaved, what I could have done better. And you don't often get a chance in life to really reflect on... What could you do better and it, and it really really was important for me to do that and the biggest thing was i loved the learning i loved the asking questions and i'd i'd almost stopped doing that in my previous roles and so what i did next was really important to me i didn't want to go back into the old way of me doing things and the old sort of corporate life and, and making those same mistakes So I actually chose to do something very different. I went and worked for a social enterprise that was supporting hundreds of entrepreneurs, so I was a coach in that environment and it was almost like I was um, continuing on with my personal development and putting into practice everything I'd learned on the MBA, but supporting entrepreneurs with their journeys uh, and I absolutely loved it. So for me that was really important, um, an important step that organization that social enterprise was funded by a bank natwest and natwest actually the social enterprise couldn't continue for one or decided not to continue for one reason or the other and natwest actually took on the accelerator hubs and i was appointed regional entrepreneur director looking after all of the entrepreneurial hubs in the north And again, I continue to love it. It was different. I had a team of coaches. We had this amazing environment for businesses to grow uh, without any cost. And we were able to connect people with people to help them grow and thrive. So I just ended up in that position and it was brilliant. But I was surrounded by all these amazing entrepreneurs and it made me brave. It made me think, you know what? I can do this, uh, and I was almost inspired by them to finally make that leap uh, into Wizzy Workspace. So that was my journey, and that's how how it all came across. But but the MBA was massively important to me, and I really made the most of it as well. So some of those consultancy projects that you get to do, um, you know, I I really really did it did things which would help fill gaps in my own development and career. Um, so it was, it was great. So really, really, really positive about it. And there was a a career coach on it as well who was, it was um, Career Farm by Jane Barrett. And that really helped me sort of reorganize my own thoughts on what I wanted out of my career.
0: That's such a fantastic story to hear. And you know, your passion came through from that. And I think I picked up on one thing that really inspired myself is that, you know, nowadays people are just too busy to go forward, but never really look back. So like he said, there's, there's very little opportunity for people to just pose and reflect. And to understand exactly what is important and what do you really want to do in life. And it sounds like you found the one after graduation um, of the MBA. So let's talk about Wizzle Space. Um, so I want to know a little bit more about that and also what is the big vision for Wizzle Workplace uh, Space, please?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Wizzle Workspace is a flexible workspace provider, but what do we do what what we really really want to be able to do is to turn unloved buildings into beautiful loved workspaces where businesses can focus on their growth and the reason why we're doing that so my big why if you like is that i love to watch our members grow and thrive and we feel like we're building the future economy of the north and we've got this rare opportunity to be part of the journey of the amazing businesses and members um, so that, that's the sort of why our big vision, but then how we do it. We think that's quite unique in that we've got three really, really cool characteristics in Wizzu, which makes us Wizzu. And that is the first thing, is that we're completely flexible. We're ultra-flexible in everything that we do. Whether it's a problem, solving a problem for a member, whether it's how we behave in business, we're ultra-flexible. And then what we love about Wizzu is that we provide beautiful workspaces. It's not just an office. I think the days of having just a white square box where people work, it's not inspiring. It doesn't it doesn't work for a lot of people. Um, you know, you want plants, you want natural light, you want an environment that, that inspires you and your team. So beautiful workspaces, and then finally, we don't see our members as just tenants of our buildings. They're members. They're part of us. They're part of our community. So that's that's with you.
0: Fantastic. It sounds like your your vision really is a. It's not only just turning on love the buildings into a beautiful workspace but it's also about building that community as well of people coming together and work together and to build a a brighter future together right
1: yeah absolutely And and what's really interesting we have we've got an awesome community but community doesn't mean that you necessarily always want to be Talking to people, we have some amazing members who just want to be around other humans. And actually, having gone through this pandemic, that's just never more important. So it might be that you don't want to have a really, really, really long conversation and you don't want to you know, help each other in business, but you just want that human contact. So we, we have members who want to get really involved and collaborate with other members. But we also have those members that just want to be around other people in a beautiful
0: environment. Absolutely. And end of the day, we're all social animals, right? So we all need to be with other people. So yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Um, so I wanted to talk about the theme of our podcast in terms of the focus on Um, You talked about the pandemic, of course, the pandemic, the impact of this is huge on the society, on higher education in particular. So one of the things I really wanted to raise a, a awareness of is the importance of Think globally, but act locally. So I wanted to know what your thoughts on term of globalisation, please.
1: Oh, this is brilliant, actually. And, and it's it's perfect for the way that we describe ourselves. Um, in that we describe Rizou as being friendly and not distant, local, not global, and tailor-made and not off the peg. Um, so what we mean by local, not global, isn't that we don't understand global is that actually we see that a lot as you know a lot of people in the community want us to focus on what's happening in our local environment uh, and that we want that friendly feel and I think there is a perception that when you go global that you lose that that friendly feeling and it, and it's almost distant so that's what we mean by local not global but it doesn't mean that we don't have a really really close eye on what's happening globally and I think actually um, I think you're going to get onto this uh, hopefully but but actually understanding how your your clients think how your members think and, and also watching what's happening in the world is really, really important. So, although we describe ourselves as local, not global, we definitely need to have a mindset on what's happening globally.
0: Yeah. You raised a really interesting perspective there, is sometimes when companies go global, then often associated with a standardization, which loses that kind of a tailor-made, um, the, the, the local friendliness. And I think this is something that you you're addressing here. Right. Yes,
1: that—that's what we mean by it, and I think it. You know, we we do a lot of uh, talking to other people about how we describe ourselves, and and actually, that's how that's how they see it. See it is that sort of distance, if you like. But actually, we wanted to just be clear that that you know we are warm and friendly and supporting our local economy, but it doesn't mean that we don't have an eye on what's happening.
0: Sure. Sure, thank you. So I think you talked a little bit about this already, but I'm just going to dig a little bit deeper, if that's okay, Natasha. Um, I love what you said about, you know, being tailored but not off the peg and friendly and also local and not global. Um, so I just wanted to understand a little bit more in terms of how does the term resonate with your sector, not only yourself, but also your sector as well. And why do you think this is really important strategy for Wizzu Workspace?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think I can't really answer this question without talking about one of the biggest flexible workspace providers that you may have come across and some of your listeners may have come across, which is WeWork. So they are global, and actually, to be fair, they made what we do recognizable in the industry. Um, So it's really, really important for us, and it's been an interesting observation for us to see how they have responded to the challenges, how they've come out fighting. Yes, they've had losses, but actually now that we're starting to see, see an upturn. So for us, it's important to understand what's happening worldwide. Um, there. And also most importantly, on a global, global scale, our our members are global. Our members, some of those are out in the US are internationally, internationally, and it's really, really important for us to understand their challenges when they're, for example, coming into the UK. So actually understanding, for example, that actually when it comes to international um, reporting regulations for uh, profit and loss statements. Actually, if someone from, I say, for example, the US stays for us for more than 12 months, it means they have to be recognised. That liability needs to be recognised on their balance sheets. And that sort of information is really, really important because it helps us to structure and be more flexible about our approach. Whereas in years gone by with the flexible workspace provider... You know, we had longer terms. Now, actually, you know, we offer, you know, rolling contracts. We offer all sorts of flexibility, but actually understanding the why that's important. And you can only do that if you understand what's happening globally. So, so for example, internationally, what the different reporting standards are and why one of your potential customers or members, we like to call them, um, are doing what they're doing and how they're behaving. So we really, really need to understand that.
0: Absolutely. So let me just ask a question there. Um, obviously my understanding is a wizard workspace. You you're providing the space, but by the sound of things, it doesn't just providing space, but there's so many more services that you're providing as well. So can you tell us a little bit more about, about that? And also, I was going to ask that question at the end, but it sounds like it's probably more appropriate to ask now. Is If our listener, one of those entrepreneurs um, that we have at the business school or at the University of Leeds that wants to start something by themselves and they're looking for something exactly like this, how do they get in touch with you?
1: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yes, absolutely. So uh, it's com is our website. Um, but if they just email us at, at hiatwizzyworkspace.com, they can get in contact with us. But our website will have all of the information. But, but if they listen to this and you want to get in contact with me, you'd be really, really welcome to, to do so. And I'm sure you'll be sending out my, my details, but you can contact me on LinkedIn. I'd be really, really happy to help with that. But it's interesting what you say about um, more than just a space, but we absolutely are more than just a space. We, are, we see ourselves as a service. So we very much see ourselves as a um, sort of a hospitality service that we provide. So it's not just a, a you know a white box. It's absolutely not that. But one of the, the most amazing things for us is our people, our team, our Wazoo team. And people come to us because they love the warmth and the care that someone shows when they come in. All of our our team members connect with our members. We ask them how they are, but not just ask them how how they are. We know them by name. And that, that is something really special. We know what's happening with them. We know when it's their birthday. We know when it's their anniversary. We know when they're struggling, when they want to come and chat to us, we're here for them. And not just that we have an amazing environment where we're really encouraging health and well-being so for example we do we we follow their lead in terms of what people want but certainly we do healthy breakfasts we do all sorts of things and events which which means that if they want to get together and it's safe to do so outside of um you know the the lockdown rules um, and when it when it is that we can we can provide that so it's very much a service not just
0: space absolutely so it sounds like ever from everything that you've described weasel workspace is much more about globally minded people but localized as service um so i wanted to come back to um our students, <laughs> our student community, if that's okay. I mentioned, I mentioned that um, a lot of our students are looking ways to, you know, opportunities enhance themselves, especially within the um, pandemic period. And some of some of them are, um, you know, must be very entrepreneurial minded as well. One of the things I wanted to ask is, what advice? Can you give to our current students to be able to develop such a global mindset under the current situation? Because you talked a lot about from a practitioner perspective. So, what advice can you give it to our students, please?
1: Okay, so to be globally minded, just touching on that, the first thing to say is that you have to have your ears and eyes open all the time, you need to be watching listening and then reacting quickly so in terms of the global situation at the moment there's a lot of people who are who are almost making assumptions about how people are going to behave how they're how they're going to feel coming back into the workspace and responding to life after the pandemic i think we need to just keep watching and then adapting to that and um, the best thing that you can do if you are trying to start up a business and you're not sure about uh, you know whatever innovation or whatever idea that you have you need to ask people but that's the biggest thing so we constantly keep learning by sending out as sort of member surveys so we did a really really important one during the pandemic where we we asked our members what are you most anxious about in terms of coming back to the workspace and that was really illuminating because i think i'd made a lot of assumptions about what people might be scared of or what might be anxious of but one of the biggest things was commuting for example i wouldn't have picked that up necessarily as being the very first thing but literally 85 percent of people said we're worried about commuting now because we knew that we could then adapt what we did and we got discounted car parking um, I'm very, very keen on the environment, so I know that driving in isn't isn't always the answer. So we actually enhanced our bike bike sort of. Um, we've got a fantastic facility within our workspace, which means you can leave your bike safely, and you've got showering facilities. So we knew that we could focus on okay, how can we make this easier? for our members, how can we solve the problem that they've got right now, which is their fear of commuting? And that's the biggest thing for any budding entrepreneur. It's to always be thinking about what is the problem I can solve, not I have something here, now make the problem fit it. Um, You have to think about what is the challenge that, that someone who is going to want your service or product, what is the challenge they're going through, and then you fit your service or product around that.
0: Great. Thank you. Um, I think you talked about two points that picked up, which are really interesting. One is about embracing the change in terms of, you know, you've got to understand what the changes are, adapting to it. So actually embrace the change. And the other one is about asking questions and from which that informs your decision making process, right? Yes, exactly. Great. Um, so I think you you talked um a bit about the two elements that I was asking. One is about developing a global mindset, but also as a skills from, from an entrepreneur's perspective. Um, the last question I'm going to ask is, what do you think our students can do to develop these skills whilst there are university because I think is it might be easier from a per- practitioner perspective but what do you think our student can do when they are at the university and probably not as experienced as a practitioner is there anything that they can do to do that yeah um so
1: touching back on the, the first one I probably didn't answer it in, in full really but just in terms of the practical skills to help you the biggest ones that I think if you were you were planning to be an entrepreneur is to know your numbers that is really really important now I'm, I'm not just about you know, I'm very much a triple bottom line believer in that it's not just about profit, it's about people and planet as well. But actually, if you don't understand the numbers, if you have a successful product or service and you don't know uh, its viability and how you can sustain it, then that isn't going to help you run a business. So you need to know your numbers. The, the other thing that's really, really important is you've got to love what you do. So whatever you choose to do, the going is going to get tough and it's never been tougher. So you have to love what you do, otherwise you'll give it up. So make sure that whatever you, you know, product, service, whatever you create, that you love, you actually love it as well. Otherwise, you'll give up when the going gets tough. And determination is the other thing, and that's really, really important. One of the biggest two things that I've I've come across with entrepreneurs that I've coached and um, that I've recognised as a common uh, a common issue that they've had is one delegation. I think when you're an entrepreneur, you do everything yourself at the start, and then it becomes really, really hard to delegate. You can't do this on your own. So you can you can start it off on your own, but you, you need help. And then the final thing, just in terms of skills that, that entrepreneurs really need is, is no fear of failure. That's a really, really hard one because... Um, you, know, you are going to get things wrong but if you're an entrepreneur and you're not agile and you don't keep trying even if you get it wrong then you won't be able to be to repeat your success so having that sort of right I'm I might fail at this but I'm going to give it a go that sort of attitude is good but not not to pump too much money into it until you know it's proven so so I caveat that but actually so how how do you get to be that amazing entrepreneur with all those different skills. Now, that's hard, but a lot of it is mindset. So there is so much support out there. And with mindset, I think one of the biggest things that has personally helped me is coaching, is having someone listen and and guide, not necessarily advise, but guide. Um, So that coaching and mentoring is really, really important to help you understand your mindset. And there's so much support out there. So at Leeds University, you've got Spark. There's the, the LeP which has investment readiness programs. You've got Nexus. You've got the Build program. You've got the NatWest Entrepreneur Accelerator. You've got the School for Social Entrepreneurs. You've, you've just got a huge amount of support out there. So for the students listening, you know you've got support on your doorstep. You've got support in the region. Um, so I would take it. Uh, a lot of people think they can do this on their own. You don't have to. And there are people who've been there, seen it, done it, can, can ask you those stretching questions that you you know you need to ask yourself. And that all comes from, from the coaching. So I would say if you want to develop those skills, you need some support to do it.
0: Oh wow, Natasha, that was amazing! <laughs> Thank you. I I feel like you put me to shame because you know so much more about the facility here, uh, that offered at Lee's University than I do. <laughs> but yes, please. Um, I think for the listeners out there, these are golden tips. Um, you know, I I'm getting some of the common themes coming through, which you talked about passion and which came through. Um, from, from this recording because I, I really see it everything that you say you believe in it and I think that really that is the fundamental skill and an asset to an any entrepreneur if you start something you've got to really believe in it and the determination you talked about and of course when it comes down to doing things you need to understand and learn how to delegate as well because you started off with a one-man band perhaps but then when you're building the team as you go you got to take people with you along the way right yeah absolutely and the the one biggest
1: message which actually i learned from entrepreneurial spark um when, when i joined them after the elite mba was get out of your comfort zone if you want to be an entrepreneur there were times where you're going to be really uncomfortable and get comfortable with that so get
0: out of your comfort zone right and keep challenging yourself right well i feel like you've given us so much in this such a short space of a time and thank you so much for sharing all of the interesting points with us and all I wanted to say is that you've kindly offered um, people to connect with you on LinkedIn if they wish to look um, or explore more into Wiz Workspace which is great so um, I'm sure that our listening will take up to that opportunity as well.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Great. So, um, I just wanted to say thank you, Natasha, for sharing your insight and your inspiring story continuously to inspire me and also on the topic of globalization, which resonated with you. So, um, hopefully this not going to be the last time we invite you back. And I'm really looking forward to the development of Wizzle workspace as well. So, Remember, listeners, if you are interested in getting to know a bit more of Wizard Workspace, then check out the website. Otherwise, feel free to connect with Natasha Barbara Evans on LinkedIn, and I'm sure she'll be happy to connect with you. So every, thank you ever so much, Natasha, and it's really great to have you back and learn so much more about yourself. And that's concludes the episode for us today with many things to take away from the session, and I really hope you enjoyed the episode. So for the upcoming episodes I will continue to invite more guests to join me and share their insights on globalization and so, and how they are tackling some of the challenges along the way. Most importantly I want to continue to raise the awareness and the importance of think globally and act locally. If you're interested in finding out more about this topic please subscribe to our podcast series or if you would like to get in touch our contact details available in the episode description. Until then Let's go gloco!